Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. And where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Kurita, the South Australia Regional Coordinator for Faith FM. And if you like to make a comment or have your questions answered, you can text me at 0401-305-077 or email me at info at faithfm.com.au. You can also visit our website, faithfm.com.au. Our theme for this week is the church in an unchristian world. And our big questions we are going to look at are, what is the church? Why does the church have so many hypocrites, sexual abuse in the church? Is it real? Does the Bible, does the biblical church even exist? And does the church have a future? These are just a few of the questions we may ask during the whole week. But today we'll concentrate on uh, um, what is the church. And our co-host today is Ernst Williams. Ernst is a pastor of the Adelaide City Church, uh, Adventist City Church here in Adelaide, in South Australia. And Ernst, welcome to the program. It's very good to have you with us today. Thank you very much, Nick, for having me in. Look, I was looking forward to to have you in here because we're trying different people. And yep. uh, um, now uh, I would like to hear a little bit of your background because I, I know you. You moved to Adelaide not that long ago. That's correct. But February this year. February, mm, that's right. Mm, mm. I know a little bit. Uh, now you're married, yes? Uh, yes, I am. I, I have a wife, yep. Yes. <laughs> Marsha, her name is, yeah. Yes. No children yet? No uh, children. No children. <laughs> now, I got to know Marsha a little bit more because she helped us with uh, some programs which we run uh, with uh, men- mental wellness. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I, my wife is a uh, psychiatrist. She currently uh, works at the um, the hospital there in Adelaide. Yes, in the city. Yeah. and she's a great singer too. I know yeah, that. Yeah, she sings as well. Yeah. Hopefully we can uh, play a song today. Uh, if we have something with her today, if yeah. not, definitely Maybe the another time. next yeah. programs will do something. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's very good to to have you with us today here, Ernest, because we are going to tackle a quite uh, interesting question mm. Mm. and um, to talk today about is there a church or what is a church? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's a church? What's a church, Ernst? How yeah. can you describe it? <laughs> okay, well, I guess there are, there, are, there are two ways to reflect upon the question, what is a church? Um, the actual word itself in the original language is the word ecclesia, mm-hmm. which uh, means a gathering or an assembly or a congregation. So it's got to do with a group of people coming together and meeting together. So that's one kind of definition mm-hmm. of what a church is. Another definition has to do, it has a broader definition uh, in terms of a church can be a group of believers who are assembled for worship in a specific place, um, believers living in a certain locality, uh, a group of believers in the home of an individual, um, a group of congregations. Mm-hmm. Um, in a given geographical area. And then finally, another uh, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18 says it can also mean the whole body of believers throughout the whole world. That can be the church. So it's, it's kind of a very dynamic um, meaning behind the word church. But in, in essence, it's a group of people who believe in Jesus Christ coming together in order to worship. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, it's not so much the bricks and the mortar, like a physical structure, although it can be that. I mean, I was going, I was going to ask mm. you that because, you know, uh, we are used to, and particularly I come from um, a very traditional uh, Orthodox background mm-hmm. back in Transylvania, in Romania, and people l- will just to say, uh, where are they going? You know, oh, we're going to church, you mm. know, to the church. And you'll know that they're going to a big building. Yeah, an actual building. In yeah. an actual yeah. building there. And that was what church meant for many people. Yeah, I guess that's um, that, that's certainly the case. Most people today would think if you say a church, they're thinking of a physical structure, like somewhere where people go. But ultimately, the church is the people. Yeah. Absolutely, because mm. when you look back in the early church, when uh, in Jesus' time, when the disciples established the church, 
there was not so many building buildings mm. to say so they met in their yeah. homes uh, mm. of course and that uh, that was the church you know because right. the the congregation was uh, meeting yeah. there yeah well originally they were in the synagogue weren't they but mm-hmm. ultimately they were removed and uh, yeah they had to meet in homes or even Phil, um Paul you read that he met with some ladies down by the river and they had church there beside mm-hmm. a river so it's wherever God's people come together to worship Jesus said where two or three are, where two or three are gathered in my name there I am in the midst there yes. I am in the middle with them so yeah yeah no, absolutely that's absolutely that's uh, very important and mm. and you know particularly in the time we live in and here in Australia in the western world where um, you know uh, people have all sorts of uh, understanding and the connotation of church mm. it's it's different from mm. from you know, groups to groups, people, you know, and uh, their, um, their understanding. Yeah. And uh, I was just um, thinking that um, as we uh, look into this today, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I mentioned, you know, during, uh, I mean, uh, uh, the beginning there that we are going to look into some uh, very serious uh, mm-hmm. topics uh, today. Yeah. I mean, if I'll pick one, for example, um, uh, sexual abuse in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, people will think straight away uh, mm-hmm. about something like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, the church, it's more, as you said, the people. Mm. The people, not whatever it may happen in that building, mm. but it's about the, and it represents the people. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's very important how we um, represent ourselves, you know, mm. in the community because uh, that will be, that will be, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, our example is Jesus in all things, isn't it? But unfortunately, because of our human frailties, um, you have that type of thing taking place within the church, which is very, very unfortunate. Mm-hmm, mm. mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, the Bible talks about all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and that that's the reality. We're yeah. all broken people, yeah. and I guess people that go to church, they recognize that, yeah. and that's why they go. Yeah. yeah, And definitely we'll hear more about this uh, mm. tomorrow with uh, Gary and Eric. But coming to another question uh, today, Ernst, yep. uh, what are the roots of the Christian church? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, generally speaking, we think of, uh, when we think of the church, we think of the New Testament. You've got the Old Testament and the New Testament, you know. And, and we know with the New Testament that was the period of time in which uh, we find Jesus, the story of Jesus taking place. But um, it's interesting that in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 7 and verse 38, um, we find that God brought out of Egypt um, his church or his congregation in the wilderness. So this idea of God's people coming together. Obviously, they were the Jewish nation. God had a church in the wilderness, and we read that very clearly there. And and that's basically the background to the New Testament church. We find that Jesus basically set up and established in the New Testament. In particular, when you when you read Acts chapter two, where the disciples met in the upper room, we we read there about the Holy Spirit descending upon the disciples, and then they began to go out and proclaim the good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So that's where you have the Kind of origins in the New Testament, mm-hmm. but it also is a it has a it has some connections, obviously, to the church in the wilderness. You know, the the, the church there in the Old Testament as well. Absolutely, yeah. and uh, all the world at that time they knew about that church in the wilderness. Oh yes, that yeah. gathering, that multitudes of people, mm-hmm. God's mm-hmm. people, Absolutely. and that's probably another thing which uh, yeah will uh, maybe able to to look at. Uh, um, church is God's. People. That's it. Again, mm. coming back to that word, you know, ecclesia, it's the gathering, assembling, or congregating of God's people coming together. Mm. Mm. But we find in the New Testament church, obviously, whereas in the Old Testament, it was more specific uh, for the Jewish people. They were God's special, chosen, privileged people. But we find in the New Testament that it's kind of broadened now, mm-hmm. and we find that Gentiles are able to come in as well. So, um, and, and while God's people, you know, the Jewish people are still significant, because the early Christian church was com- composed of Jewish people. Correct. But gradually over time, we find the Gentiles are starting to fill it as well, too. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. And um, definitely, you know, with what you just said, uh, now it's important because uh, um, you may think, okay, uh, are you part of this church? No. Okay, then you you are not uh, God's people. Mm. But in in the end, we have to be careful with that because God's people 
the true church is those ones who follow Jesus Christ, mm. you know. Mm. Um, now, you may have uh, different uh, beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may call it that. I'm not sure if you may call it church. Mm. But in the end, in the Bible, the whole through the Bible, with all the examples we find in the Bible, is the church represent the true people of God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, also, I would like to ask you another question here, mm-hmm. yeah. um, if you don't mind. Uh, what are some of the metaphors uh, yep. That the Bible uses to describe church. Yeah, it's it's interesting as you read the scriptures that you'll find uh, a number of different ways in which the church is betrayed. Uh, for example, um, we find that Paul he likens the church to a body. Um, for example, in Colossians chapter one and verse eighteen, it says, "He that is Jesus is the head of the body, the church, mm-hmm. and we we are the members, or we're the components or the parts of the body that make that up." Um, the church is also described as a temple. Uh, in another verse there, it's described as a bride. We yes. find that Jesus is the groom and his people are the bride. And ultimately, he's coming back for his people to gather them, to take them ultimately home to heaven with him. Um, the church is also described as a flock, yes. you know, thinking of sheep. Um, for example, we read there in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, it says, Watch out for yourselves and for all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseas. This is Paul talking to some of the elders, the leaders of the early church. And he said, To shepherd the church of God that he obtained with the blood by his own son. Mm-hmm. So again, God's people are likened to sheep there. And of course, uh, sheep are pretty, can be pretty, uh, Pretty stupid, pretty foolish, can't they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you think about some yeah, of the yeah. actions of uh, of sheep. Um, so yeah, likened to a flock. Also, as a family, we find that's another description of the church as well. There, and uh, the Bible talks about how we can be adopted into the family mm-hmm. of God, or mm-hmm. we can be born again yes. and enter into the kingdom of heaven. We read there in uh, uh, John chapter three and verse eight. Yes, um, we also read another definition of the church is it's uh, described or a metaphor that's used. Is it's called the pillar and the foundation of truth. Um, in other words, it's a depository of of God's word, of God's truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, I guess another. I mean, there are many others. These are just a couple that I'm sharing with you here. But another definition for the church is it's like an army. It's likened to an army going forth into battle. All right. Um, you read there in Ephesians chapter six and verse twelve: For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly places and it goes on to talk there that we're to put on the whole armor of god so even there we see that the church is again likened to an army that's organized going out to conquer and to conquer yeah. mm. oh mm. beautiful that's that's wonderful yeah um, Ernst, i'm going to take a short break here no problem and i'm going to advertise a book which would like to mm-hmm. give out this weekend for everyone listening there if you want to have this book in your hands free of charge no obligation can be delivered to your door if you live here in south australia definitely i'll make sure that this book will get to you to your door but uh, you can also get to our website uh, wherever you live in uh, australia and uh, um, get some information about this book now my phone number where you would like to to, uh, to send an SMS right away, right now, as you're listening. It's 0401-305-077. That number again, it's 0401-305-077. And as I said at the beginning, you can visit uh, our website, faithfm.com.au, or write an email, um, faithfm at... Uh, um, all right, let me see that one again. Um, faithfm.com, that you, that, that's our website. Info at faithfm.com. That's it. That's mm-hmm. the email. If you like to write an email yep. to us, uh, I will just play that um, ad right now and we'll be back in a sec. When your life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family, or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. 
Now that's a wonderful uh, book and uh, talks about the history of the church, uh, about uh, um, all sorts of things which uh, will really amaze you. Just before we moving into our subject, I would like to listen to a song, uh, Praise the Lord with Glad Thanksgiving. Stay with us. This is Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Nick Krita and our co-host today is Ernst Williams. And the big question for today is, what is the church? We look at, uh, in um, a few words, talking about uh, the roots of the Christian um, church and uh, some of the metaphors about um, uh, to describe the, uh, the church of the Bible. And uh, also, Ernst, uh, we are going to um, to ask another one mm-hmm. now. Uh, when did the church started? Yeah, that's a good good question. Um, y- you know, I guess we could look from the perspective of the church in the wilderness. We could yeah. look at the uh, the congregation or the assembly of God's people in the wilderness, uh, referring to the Jewish nation and so forth. But I guess the the, the new covenant church. Um, when you when you go to the book of um, Acts, Acts chapter two, mm-hmm. in particular, there you you read about I guess the you read about the inauguration of the new covenant church. Yes. Um, and um, you know there there, there are several uh, several passages in the scripture that where Jesus talks about setting up his church as being in the future. Um, for example, um, we read that there's one event in Matthew chapter sixteen verses eighteen to nineteen where Jesus was with his disciples, and in particular he was um, speaking to uh, Peter, um, and he said to him, he said, um, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. So. Obviously, he's referring future there. He mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, 
he, he was obviously training his disciples and preparing them for the leadership of the church that he was about to establish. Yes. Um, but it, it's talking there in the future. And then it says, And the gates of Hades will not overpower it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And so again, so reading there, you kind of you, you get this idea that Jesus is preparing to build this thing. Um, then we then we read elsewhere. Um, we find in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, um, it talks about how the church was obtained by the finished work of Jesus on the cross, what he did when in dying mm-hmm. on the cross. It says there, watch out for yourselves and for all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God that he obtained with the blood of his own mm. son. So again, this implies that the church was not in effect in one sense until after the death of Jesus. And then finally, um, it talks there about about uh, the, the church is defined by the body of Christ and the members of the body of Christ are placed there by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And in 1 Corinthians 12 and verses 12 and 13, it says there, For just as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so too is Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks or slaves or free, we were all made to drink of that one spirit. So it talks there about, um, you know, in, in the spirit we were baptized ultimately into the body yes. of Christ. And um, you read there in the Old Testament, it's interesting, the book of Joel talks about how ultimately the baptism baptism of the spirit would come and we read about the fulfillment of that particular prophecy in acts chapter Mm 2 when when the holy spirit fell upon the disciples they began to speak in languages so they were able then to communicate the gospel Mm -hmm. to this diverse group of individuals um who who didn't understand their language but as a result this miracle was performed and they then began to share the gospel Mm. so it was basically in that upper room in Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit of God descended upon uh, the disciples of Jesus, that we really see the origin yes. of the of the New Testament church and them going forward proclaiming the good news. Yes. Mm. And interestingly, you mentioned that uh, Peter and Jesus saying that on this rock I will build uh, my mm. church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are uh, can take out of context uh, yes, things true. here. You know, and uh, you may heard about that thing that Peter uh, is regarded, uh, particularly in the, one of the traditional church, as the first pope. The first pope, that's correct. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm not sure if that was Jesus, what Jesus referred to when he said on this rock I will build uh, yeah. my church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we don't have time today maybe to unpack the uh, Peter's character well, and uh, and what was Jesus uh, referring that to. Well, just briefly, Jesus makes it very clear that he is the, the cornerstone, the foundation of the church. It's yes. not Peter. Um, and, and when you look at the language there, it's interesting. You know, he Jesus is the rock, and, and the word Petros for Peter mm-hmm. means like a, a tiny stone. So there's a, there's a vast contrast between who Christ is and ultimately who Peter is, although Correct. he obviously played a very important role. Absolutely. But, but at the same time, yeah, he certainly wasn't the first and the here. context you know as you just said the little look the pebble you know yeah. uh, in your sandal which gives you lots of trouble you know oh uh, yeah but you know Peter uh, did that jesus is um reinstating if you like uh, peter after the after three times he denied jesus right. yeah. um then he's put uh, before jesus i'm just making a, a little bit of bracket here mm-hmm. when jesus asked him three times do you love me mm, you know mm. and then you know he says oh, look after my uh, lambs, lambs or later right. on my sheep mm-hmm. you know Jesus is talking that you know what you are going to play an important role mm-hmm. in uh, you know in my uh, um, work because That's Jesus right. commissioned all of the disciples not mm-hmm. only Peter mm. all the disciples but um, here it, it Jesus it's, it's empowering Peter mm-hmm. to say mm-hmm. hey hey I forgave you and, and, and so what we see exactly is that uh, Peter and the other disciples, they then go out, and especially as you read the book of Acts, you begin to see how they performed incredible miracles, how they proclaimed the word of God. Mm. Um, they they taught the scriptures, they healed people, they ministered to people's needs and so forth. And um, that was the way that the church began to grow and to expand mm. as a result of them following the, um, the expressed um, – 
desire of Christ, who, who yeah. told them to go out and proclaim the word of God, yes. the good news of salvation, yeah. Yeah. that Jesus had come and that people uh, can be forgiven of all their sins. Yeah. Yeah. And also another um, passage in, in uh, Acts chapter 2, mm-hmm. uh, verse 42, uh, for example, it says here, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrines Doctrine. and mm-hmm. fellowship in the breaking of bread, in prayers. Mm. You see, already here, it's a family, as you just yeah. said. Yeah. It's a family. And when he says here, doctrine, that's mm. interesting. Because, you know, um, Ernst, right now, as we speak, I believe are more than 34,000 mm. groups or yeah. churches. Different you know, churches. Different yeah. churches, yeah. you know, 34,000. Mm. That's mm. a lot, eh? And, uh, and you Jesus may, speaks about one church, you know, like, yes. yeah, yeah, which one is it? And you may <laughs> ask that question, yeah. which one is it? Mm. Um, and, yeah, as we as we look into this, uh, Ernst, today, because uh, I like that how you portrayed it from the beginning as a family, mm. as, a, um, you know, a place where you can feel comfortable, secure, um in the presence of God, uh, mm. uh, to be taught, to be led, to be, uh, you know, empowered yeah. Yeah. for um, for these uh, times we live in. Mm-hmm. And, sure. um, you know, we are going to uh, to tackle another question here, which I really mm-hmm. like. Probably this will be in, in two parts, maybe, but I'll just uh, ask this question to you first, yeah. and we may uh, see how we go with time and so on. But in, uh, in the first place, what is the purpose? Mm-hmm. Or the function of the church. That's a that's a really good question, Nick. Um, I've, I can basically sum. Uh, th- there's probably more responses or answers to this question, but I've, I've kind of summarised that in in four specific areas. I, I think in terms of worship, of edification, of service. And of evangelism. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll start with the worship. Obviously, um, you know, when you think about the history of the Christian church, um, God's agency for bringing His people together, uh, His His believers to come and worship Him, was was the church, and and they would do that on the Sabbath. Yeah. We, we find that very clearly throughout, from the Book of Genesis all the way through the Book of Revelation. We find that um, God's people are coming together wherever it may be, as we've identified. Not necessarily a building, but whether in the home. Or by the river, or, or wherever it's been in the wilderness, as yeah, you just the said, wilderness, yeah. wherever they've they've come together to worship, and um, it's interesting because Jesus did that. He went into the synagogue um, to fellowship. We find his disciples after Jesus had died was resurrected, went back to heaven. Um, we find the disciples following his example, at least up until the point that they could no longer attend the synagogues because yeah. the Jews would remove them, yeah. um, and so they could no longer attend. But then you got the you know the home groups where where they are starting to build and. In different churches over the centuries, um, and so we see that you know God has. Um, I believe that He's created a, uh, a God-shaped hole in all of our hearts. Mm-hmm. I really believe that, and um, you know we try to fill that hole with different things that this world has to offer, and and maybe for a period of time it satisfies. But I know ultimately that it doesn't completely. That, yeah. that ultimately only God can fulfill that that need. And it's interesting that Jesus himself said in John chapter 4, he said, But a time is coming, and now is here, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such people to be his worshippers. God is spirit, and the people who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So God is seeking people who are authentic, who are genuine, who are are seeking him out and and wanting to follow all, all the Word of God, everything mm. that the Word of God mm. teaches. That, that mm. is what he's looking for. And so one of the basic reasons why the church exists is to have that opportunity to come and do just that. Yeah. I mean, that was the first one. What was the second then? Uh, the second one's got to do with the edification of the church. Um, there's, a, there's a verse there in the Bible. It says in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13, um, that it was he who gave some to be apostles some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That is, and here's the key word, to build up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, a mature person attaining to the measure of Christ's full uh, stature. So basically, when people come to church, as you mentioned before, it's like a family. Um, 
and and we spoke at the beginning of our program that that there are uh, people recognize their brokenness they sense their need of something more than what this this world has to offer and so they come to church and uh, the church is about um, helping people discover their to discover how they can find fulfillment in in prayer and in the study of God's word and in um, you know learning more about the incredible love of Jesus Christ and what He's done for us on the cross and um, so basically church is a place where people can come to grow spiritually yes it's a, this idea of edification or to build up this idea for people to use the gifts that God has given them in order not only to build up each other but also build up people outside the walls of the church as well too um i've got a where's that verse i had here um it talks there about um you know the, uh, in matthew chapter 20 verse 28 it says mm-hmm. the son of man did not come to be served but to serve yes. and to give his life a ransom for many and so this is another thing that god has called us to do and why church is so important so we can serve and minister to one another and ultimately build up the the kingdom of god here on earth beautiful know? beautiful now i i like that and and that that you had the um, uh, Two things you mentioned That's here. That's two other things. Yeah, I've yeah. got two more. All right. <laughs> um, now, let's go to another one, and probably we'll, we'll come back to an ad for the book yeah. which we give away. But let's let's look at the third. Okay. The third uh, I think the third reason for the existence of the church is uh, for service. You know, when you think about the ministry of Jesus Christ, it was very practical. It was very hands-on. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, it says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages. It says he was teaching in the synagogues. He was preaching preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease amongst the people. So we see that Jesus, it wasn't just about taking the Bible and beating people over the head with it. It was about you know ministering to their needs and uh, mingling amongst the people and revealing the love of his Father. Yes. That, that was basically what Jesus did, and he calls us to do the same as well. Um, so I've got a text here, Galatians 6.10. It says, as we have an opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Yes. So this idea of service again to one another, helping people. I mean, we read about the disciples in the early church in the book of Acts. It says that they shared everything that they had. There was no person um, who was needy amongst them because mm-hmm. they were giving and generous and humble. Um, um, if they owned land, they sold their land to help others and says they brought the money from the sales and gave it to the apostles as they distributed to those who were needy. Yes. So we see that, yeah, Christianity should be a very practical thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Oh, thanks for that. Again, I'm going to uh, talk about this book, which we are giving out um, this week. It's an awesome book. It's called The mm. Great Controversy. And if you'd like to get this book in your hands, you can right now send an SMS to 0401-305-077 or you can visit our website, faithfm.com.au or write an email to info at faithfm.com.au. You'll get this book in your hands free of charge, no obligation. And uh, I'll encourage you that uh, while you get this book, you, it's not a very, uh, how to say, uh, thin book. It's a bit to read on it, uh, but you'll really enjoy the the whole uh, um, topic, all the topics. I mean, would you like actually, uh, Ernst, just um, in a couple of words, maybe just present a couple of the topics of this uh, of this book? Yeah, yeah. My church is actually going through this book at the moment every Wednesday night. We're just taking one chapter oh, and studying it every every week. It's a it's an awesome chapter. Yeah, no. It talks about the well. It talks about the first Christians. I mean, what we're kind of dealing with today, um, an era of spiritual darkness. Uh, the faithful torchbearers, those who were faithful for the early early centuries of Christianity. Um, it talks about the Reformation period of mm-hmm. people like Martin Luther and uh, John Huss and people who were faithful and laid down their lives. They were martyred for their faith. And then it kind of moves to more modern times yes. as well. It looks at um, at prophecies that are being fulfilled in the very time in which we're living now. 
uh, looking at topics like, um, uh, you know, America in Prophecy, uh, Modern Revivals, Facing Our Life Record. Um, yeah, no, th- th- oh, this wow. is an incredible book. And then it kind of moves beyond the time that we're living and kind of looks at what the Bible has to say about the future, about, you know, the events leading up to the second coming of Jesus yeah. Christ and beyond. So oh, it's, it's an incredible book. That's great. It is a really awesome book. He is book. the head which we prepared for you, and uh, don't hesitate to contact us for this uh, book. When your life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family, or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Nick Rita and our co-host today is Ernst Williams talking about what is the church and um, Ernst. We talked about quite a few interesting things, but I, I have here one which I would like to address right now because yeah. a church can be regarded in, you know, many, many aspects, you know, but mm-hmm. what can we say about evangelism and the church? Yeah, well, you, you know, when you think about a loved one who's in the hospital and they're sharing some final words before they, you know, unfortunately pass away. Obviously, you you listen very intently, don't you, to the words that that individual is wanting to share. And when you think about Jesus, just before he ascended back to heaven, um, he shared with his disciples some words that basically are found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. And he said to them, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Mm. Um, so he's basically talking, he shared this great commission with his disciples, telling them to go forth and to share the good news of his salvation. And then we read in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, that says uh, he um, gave his disciples a promise. Because you think about that daunting task yes. of going to the world. I mean, a group of 12 men, or 11 at that time, trying to share this with the world would seem impossible. But then he said to them in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, but you will receive power. Mm. That word there, power, is the word dunamos, which is like the the same word for dynamite. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the farthest parts of the earth, to the whole world. And uh, what was the message that they were to share? Well, in the book of Revelation, we find that God has called his end-time church to proclaim the the everlasting gospel, the good news. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says there in Revelation fourteen six and 7, I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, so this is not to be you know secret, <laughs> it's a loud voice, fear God, give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him. Him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. So the message that's to go to the world today is an invitation to come back and to worship the Creator God. Oh, that's that's a, the message that God is wanting people to hear today. That's amazing. And uh, you know, as the as you talk now, I'm just thinking again when uh, people used to say again back home, it says, "Oh, don't go and don't preach there. That's proselytism. That's uh, this or that." You know what? Yeah. You cannot. Keep your mouth shut yeah. with the good news yeah. you are invited to share yeah. with all other people. How can you, um, uh, you know, restrain that? You know, when Jesus says, go, go and and preach this gospel uh, to the dying world. And, and let's clarify what that good news is, too, because sometimes we throw these words around, don't we? But we don't fully understand what they mean. Mm-hmm. Let me give you a biblical definition of what that means, you know. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 to 4, it says there, 
Moreover, brethren, this is Paul writing, he says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel. So he's now going to go down and break it down. What exactly is the gospel? He says in verse 3, For I delivered it to you first of all, that which I also received, that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So it's got to do with the death, the burial, and the resurrection. We can have hope, can't we, Nick? Yes. Because, because Jesus died and was resurrected, our loved ones who passed away, I mean, my father passed away a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, you know, but there, there's a hope for him because he had put in putting his trust and faith in Jesus, despite the fact that he would die, by placing our trust in Jesus, that we can live again. Amen. And this is the, the message of the gospel. You know, beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm. Hey, Ernst, uh, time is, is uh, going past, uh, but yeah. uh, just in in few more minutes, uh, I would like to ask you this. Yep. What led you to church, Ernst? What led me to church? That's that's a long story. <laughs> um, but in a nutshell, basically uh, my background, uh, I was growing up in Sydney. I was uh, playing in a heavy metal band mm-hmm. around the pubs around Sydney. And uh, basically my band fell apart. We were, we were playing in different pubs, doing things. I was wanting to make it big time in the music scene. Um, it all just fell apart. And it just reached the point where... I, I remember I was uh, drunk at a party and I, I was sitting in the room. I was music blaring, people walking around me, but this thought came to me, what am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. And it was around this time I, I remember that my brother, who was also into heavy metal music and all that, he said that he was getting baptized. And I thought, what's baptism? What's that all about? <laughs> and so I you know, wanted to support my brother. I went to this church with him and the pastor presented a sermon and at the end he made an appeal and he said put your hand up if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and I was sitting there I remember my mum was sitting next to me and she turned to me and she said and she knew my lifestyle Mm -hmm. and what I got up to and she said oh you will never become a Christian and my hand went up (laughs) uh, it went up as and uh, it it, it was like a roller coaster I uh, I'm I'm giving it a very quick version here my brother was baptized and um, I really sensed that the Holy Spirit was convicting me that I needed to go to church. And wow. so initially I started attending the Hills Christian Life Center Church in Castle Hill in Sydney uh, for about six months or so. And um, and as, as I went, as I was hearing truth being proclaimed, um, I, I, I sensed a, a fullness, a completeness, a peace that, that kind of swept over me that I didn't have previously. As I mentioned earlier, I was trying to fill my heart or my life with all these different things that were destroying me. But when I discovered who Jesus was and the thing that really broke my heart was the fact that God loved me so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for me, that that just blew me away. Yeah. And that's amazing. I mean, that was in a very short version, but you know, I can tell you one thing now, Ernst. You are booked in for uh, one of the other programs which I produce in the footsteps of Jesus. Oh, just okay. to share your story. <laughs> well, because you have a story to share. I can tell I, you that. I did share it the other day on LMM, but uh, hey, I, all right. I can do it on the radio as well. We, we can do it here on, uh, <laughs> in the footsteps of Jesus. And you know what, yeah. uh, Ernst? Let's just share a little bit of that story. That what is church? Mm. Church is a vibrancy, you yeah. know, uh, of your uh, life to live for Jesus, live for God, or for your neighbor. Yeah. It's not just uh, to go to a building once yeah. in a year or twice a year, you mm. know, Easter or Christmas mm. or um, where there is a wedding or a baptism or whatever. Mm. I know so many people who profess to be, I mean, will claim to be Christians, and they will go to church, as I said, a couple of times uh, a year. Yeah, I like, you know, that there's uh, an analogy used, like uh, the church is not a showcase for sinners, Mm -hmm. sorry, a showcase for saints, it's a hospital for sinners. The people going there recognize their their um, spiritual condition. They recognize that they need a power outside of themselves in mm. order to change their mm. life. And that power, of course, comes from the Holy Spirit, from Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately, it is broken. Unfortunately, yeah, horrible things do happen because when people come together, you know, yeah. yeah. But, but ultimately, it is a place where we come, congregate, worship Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. And you look uh, – uh, also, a church is a place where um, God is revealing himself yeah. to us. Um, and I would like to say one more thing, that we should 
also reveal ourselves mm. to God. Mm. You know, from an um, old man mm-hmm. to a changed man yeah. to a newborn oh, yes, uh, yes. person. They're being born again. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that church should be something wh- where we, we should grow together and, yeah. and live for, for what God has purposed. Yeah. The, the Bible speaks about by beholding we become changed. Mm-hmm. So the more we behold Christ, the more we will become like him. Now mm-hmm. that, that, you know, when I share my testimony, there were certain things in my life that I had to remove and get rid of. And some of those things were easy, but other things were difficult. Yeah. But the more we learn to trust Jesus and, and give our, surrender our life completely to Him, then, then He will bring about those necessary changes in our life. So that, that's the beauty of church. And yeah, beautiful, beautiful. It's wonderful. I remember one uh, time back home, um, um, after I gave my life to Jesus too, and I have a story to, to share also, and one day maybe I will do that uh, on the radio. I came from a show business background too. Mm. I was a dancer. Wow. Uh, modern dance, a bit of ballet, a mm-hmm. combination there. And uh, anyway, when I decided to um, turn my life around, you know, I mean, allow God actually to work in my life, um, one after the other, you know, things just happen in my life. And mm. I remember one uh, occasion when we were studying the Bible in a group of people from different uh, denominations. And um, there was about, you know, five, six or something like that. Like it was, was some, some while ago. Uh, people from Orthodox Church, Catholic, Baptist, uh, Reform uh, uh, Church. Uh, you know, I was a very good friend of mine. Uh, I mean, uh, pr- the priest of that church uh, was a Hungarian uh, group. Mm-hmm. And we studied the Bible, uh, Ernst, and uh, we were a family, you know, and mm. it, it's different congreg- denominations. Yeah. And one day, there was a question asked. Actually, all through this time, I was expecting that question to come on uh, some some day. Mm-hmm. And the question was, which is the true church? Mm-hmm. You know, so many, which is the true church? Yeah. And it, I believe it was very, you know, very good qu- question mm-hmm. and, and concern. And I believe uh, God, um, you know, revealed to us that day. And I was answering a little bit this way. I think the true church is the church of Jesus Christ. Mm. You know, the church mm. which Jesus established, which you talked about, you oh, know, yes. is the head of the church. Mm. And, and I, everyone seems like to be happy. Okay. And then I, I had that uh, kind of revelation, you know, to share a little bit about everyone else there in the group. And I said, the true church, I mean, that church of Jesus Christ, it should be like the Orthodox church. And everyone look at me like that and say, whoa, what, what are you going to say? See, you know, orthodoxa means the right teaching. Mm, mm. Now, doesn't mean that people practice that, but the name, you know, or- orthodox churches, mm. I like to see that in the church of Jesus Christ. Yep. And then I look to the, uh, let's say, Catholic uh, next group, I said, should be universal. Mm. One church, as you just said, one mm. church, one baptism, one mm. Lord, you know. That's right. And then I moved to the next one, and I, I know I have some friends there from the Pentecostal groups, and I said, the church of Jesus Christ should be full of the Holy Spirit, mm. you know, and uh, to love God, you know, and like Baptists will, uh, will say, and they said was the, the priest from the reform group uh, there from the Hungarian, I said, the church of Jesus Christ should be a reformed church. I mean, not like um, falling into the tradition mm. of man, mm. but mm. should be revived, revived yeah. uh, reformed yeah. every time when it's needed, mm. when mm. it's needed. And I leave it. I left it there, uh, Ernst. But they were not happy. This is because I was a Seventh Day Adventist by mm-hmm. that time, and they straight away asked me the question: "What do you say about the Seventh Day Adventist?" Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And we may look at this passage probably in another program. But if you don't mind, um, Ernst, to just share this message in Revelation fourteen, from verses six. Mm-hmm. To 12. If you could read for us, because I just shared that passage of the Bible with uh, my friends in that study uh, group. Uh, and let's read that, uh, that passage and then uh, we'll just finish okay. with, a, with a thought. Okay, Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 to 12. It says the following. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth 
to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. Mm. And worship him who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and the springs of water. And another angel followed, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends for ever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast in his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ. Beautiful. Mm. You know, the reason I share that, uh, Ernest, because uh, you mentioned earlier uh, a church should be a, a an evangelistic mm. uh, oriented you know uh, church Absolutely. and I believe we should preach that gospel oh, we yeah. should preach that truth the present truth you know and uh, um yeah. What's interesting about this, of course, this is the message that's to go to the world. And if you read there in verses 14 onwards, it describes the second coming. So yeah. chron- chronologically, this is the message that is going to prepare people for the return of Jesus Christ. So, Absolutely. Yeah. We are out of time uh, right now. Would you be able to just have a prayer for us? For sure. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just want to give you thanks, Lord, for the opportunity that we've had today to be able to talk about the Word of God and in particular to look at the church. Lord, we recognize that the church is not perfect. We recognize, Lord, that it is full of sinners. But we also recognize, Lord, that it is your divine agency that you have set up upon this earth in order to bring people together in being able to worship you, to be able to serve you and serve one another and to take the good news of the gospel to the world. And I pray, Mm -hmm. Lord, that as we continue this uh, series of meetings looking at different facets of the church, that you'll bless Nick and the team as they continue to look at this uh, very interesting study this week in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, uh, Ernest. It looks like our time is up uh, right now. And thank you for joining Nick Rita and Ernest Williams on Drive Time BQ&A. Please join us tomorrow when we ask, why does the church have so many hypocrites? If you like to know more about this and... Um, uh, ask some question. Don't hesitate to uh, SMS zero four zero one three zero five zero seven seven. Really looking forward to see you again. Until then, may God richly bless you. I leave. I leave you with a song because I have been given much. Because I have been given much, I too must give. Because of thy great bounty, Lord, each day I live I shall divide my gifts from thee With every brother that I see Who has the need of help from me to me.